Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me uh, back again this week, uh, Grape Viney. Good evening. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks, Andy. Uh, that's good uh, to hear. Um, and also joining us uh, once again, uh, Super Mercado. Good evening. Hello, is this SEN? <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Is this... Uh, who's, who's the uh, Melbourne uh, fan that always calls into radio shows? Chris from Camberwell, you're on the air. Achieve the level of high voice that he brings uh, to the calls, but I, I would like to know more about the Chris from Camberwell story, so if anyone can uh, can get in contact and give me his life story, I'd be interested to hear it. <laughs> Um, well, yes. Um, well, we're back once again. Uh, another victory, two on the trot. Uh, it's been a while um, since we had multiple victories. Um, how'd you At f- least only a few weeks this time instead of multiple seasons. <laughs> That's true. Uh, how did you, um, did you boys enjoy the game? Um, I bet at halftime... Uh, the nails on uh, on your hands would have been almost bitten down to the stubs, um, Super Mercado. I wasn't uh, entirely thrilled about my decision to leave the house uh, at half time. Uh, I got just stepped off the train as I saw that Jack Viney was out, and I kind of at the time was half tempted to turn around and just get back in the train again and go home. But I'm I'm glad I stuck it out. Uh, like a probably a more brutal version of the Essendon game, we we had to get through that first half to get to the second half where we really smoked them. So, all in all, a good result in the end. Still not sure it translates to good teams, but I will take it one game at a time, as they say. Uh, Great, Viney. Uh, what about you? Um... Well, it's all it, it, when you have uh, patches of play like they had in the third quarter, that first fifteen minutes or seven goals in twelve minutes. That makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? All the heartache and all the bitten fingers um, when you see patches like that and the dominance of Max and uh, uh, Clayton Oliver and, and Brayshaw and Petraka with the clearances from the centre. So uh, it was all worth it just for uh, just for that brief brief period, wasn't it? Sensational. I'll agree it was uh, worth it after half-time, but I, I was sitting there wondering because... Um, the Bulldogs in the first half, you know, were smashing us at the clearances, I think in the contested possessions up to half time, but obviously weren't making the most of it on the scoreboard. I think uh, for the first time in a long time, they also had, the opposition had a, a lot more inside 50s than we did um, up to half time. Um, you know, they weren't making the opportunities. Do you think if we were playing a team of a higher calibre that, um, we would have been leading at halftime? I think that uh, we probably made plenty of mistakes and turnovers, which they didn't adequately punish. But uh, there's certainly a statistical anomaly the whole game because for most of the year we've dominated um, in those areas uh, and even on some occasions haven't won. But, uh, yeah, we are beaten the other day uh, and you still had a, a convincing victory on the scoreboard. But... Um, yeah, what what do you put it down to? I don't know. Yeah. I certainly think a team with a more accomplished forward line uh, would have given us a lot more trouble. And it's the second time we've played the Bulldogs, and they've really had they've had chances, but they just haven't had anyone of any note to kick it to. Um, so I think our defence did a reasonable job considering what was coming in. Uh, but again, I just worry that uh, against a team with a few more 
few more forwards. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the Darling and Kennedy challenge in a few weeks' time. Uh, yes. we, I think we've just we've got to stop it, stop the ball getting down there so quickly. I think that's a that has been our problem a bit this year, letting the ball go from one end to the other at warp speed. Yeah, it's certainly given us lots of headaches, um, but uh, you must, it must be wrapped with the performance of, of one Max Gorn, um, especially in the third quarter. It was just beautiful to watch that um, some of those palm downs to Brayshaw, to, to Petraka, to Harms, Oliver were just fantastic and sort of reminiscent of uh, the uh, Jema-Beamer uh, 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 combination <laughs> Uh, of, uh, was it 2011? 2011. Uh, where 2010. They, or 2010. Yeah. They yeah. smacked 2010. the Crows that day. They had about 18, 18 clearances um, directly from J. Martin Maloney that day. Uh, the good thing is this time it was a, it was a multi-headed beast. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just Ruckman to one guy. Uh, you had, obviously, Brayshaw and Oliver were the, were the key players in it, but in those centre clearances you often had a middle play. You had one time it was Petrarca in the middle, went to Brayshaw. Another time it was Harms, I think, went to Brayshaw. So it was good to have those other options in there. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, uh, and just on Harms, what a superb second half. Uh, McRae was carving us up. Um, uh, Goodies put Harms onto him at half time and uh, 10 possessions for the second half. So in addition to winning a bit of ball himself, he did a great stopping job. Well, that yeah, it was really good to see because um, we haven't, have we really had someone uh, to do the stopping jobs uh, of late? Because it was a few years ago we had um, we had Vince sort of in that role, but he hasn't done that for a while. But we have—I don't think we've really had someone to do a, a run with role for for a while. And uh, it's good to see that Harms was uh, up to that task. Mm. I think it's good to have players who—that's not just their sole role in life. Uh, players that you can just take at a pinch, exactly like you said um, with this game, identify a player who needs to be shut down and drop them onto them. But you're not reliant on just dropping someone in there for four quarters. Um, and if they can't tag someone into the ground, they're not adding much at the other end. So I think I think it's good to have, you know, even a, even a bug, potentially a Vince, depending who the target is, just having somebody who can run through a player like that if they need to. You know, people have been critical of the coach at times, um, you know, not uh, sort of being able to sort of have those plan Bs or, you know, if someone's uh, carving us up to, to do something about it. And I think that was a, a good move uh, by him and it worked. Um, yep. So, uh, Clary, we talked about last week uh, that he could be used in a uh, dusty-like uh, forward role. And didn't he relish uh, that opportunity up there and uh, kicked a couple of goals and uh, well, he kicked one goal, but uh, had a hand in in a couple of others as well. That kicking was just beautiful, wasn't it? Those low bullet passes uh, to Nibbler and to uh, Jeffy, and then the final and probably the best one to track in the last quarter. Uh, it's as good as it gets. I had I put a uh, prior to the game last week I, I put something on our Facebook page uh, you know sort of posed the question do you think um, do you think Oliver uh, you know we can play him in that resting role up forward and there was uh, some nuffy on there who came on and said he's a terrible kick so no um, 
<laughs> so I posted he's, a video. He's always been a good kick. Yeah, uh, that's a silly thing to have it's said in work. the past, let alone after after what we saw on the weekend. Yeah, so I posted a, a video of um, I think it was yeah it was the kick that he kicked to Petraka in the square, which was a fifty meter, almost fifty meter low, uh, straight onto the chest, and um, it was just beautiful to watch. He's the goal that he did kick as well was also a, a low kick, and I don't think it deviated from its trajectory and just split the middle. Um, yeah, never looked like missing on that one, did he? Nearly knocked uh, uh, David Roden <laughs> onto the floor. Um, uh, Brayshaw, uh, really relishing um, sort of that longer minutes in the, in the middle and um, you know, just having a, a fantastic uh, year. Considering uh, at the beginning of the year there were question marks on, on you know whether he'd be a regular in the team. Now I can't sort of imagine the, the team without him. And I think what I noticed with him in the middle was it was he, he would get the ball and you sort of he he could go either way, like he went to go left and then he would go right. Like he's not reliant on running in one direction, so which really makes a um you know so certainly coming out of the centre bounce is crucial because you get that quick break, um and you don't want to be predictable about where you're going. And I think that was a really really um you know that just showed the impact he can have in the middle. Um, there are there are games. There was a game a few weeks ago where he had sort of thirty seven, thirty eight possessions, and there was a lot of mm-hmm. you know um, clangers. Yeah, there was a lot of kicks that didn't hit the mark. But I think in this game, uh, it really showed he was just like right on top of what he was doing. So it, uh, he's definitely. I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be part of our future, other than uh, not signing a contract. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know where they are at that stage. I, look, I can't see him w- wanting to leave. Um, I think you want to sort of be a part of uh, what's brewing at the club. Uh, but you, never you, know. you only need to listen to, he's done a few interviews in the past few weeks, and you only need to listen to the way he talks about uh, being at Melbourne and the uh, affection he has for his uh, teammates. Uh, he's not going anywhere, and it'll be sorted uh, uh, sorted at some point, um, either either before the season finishes or, or shortly after. I would have thought. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I would say no chance, no chance he's going anywhere. Now, what did you think of? He had a bit of a wayward kick. Uh, I think in the third quarter that uh, came off the side of the boot. It, it did look to me that uh, I mean it was a terrible kick and uh, it wasn't given the. Uh, you know, you know, uh, deliberate out of bounds uh, by Razor Ray. Uh, I mean, but he was obviously going for the boundary line. What did you think of uh, him giving the fi- the low five to Razor Ray? Um, you know, some people uh, in the media, particularly SEN, were calling. Uh, well, it was uh, Terry Wallace, I think, who said that uh, you know that type of behaviour is not on. Um, well, he just he just stuck his hand out. Yeah. Ray was the one who hit, Ray was the one who contacted the hand, so it shouldn't be Gus's fault and should be Ray's fault. Yeah, get I mean, your really, grubby mitts off him. Is that the kind of stuff that we want <laughs> to rub out of the game? Like, it's just who cares? It's a nice little little moment. You know, we've all got our uh, issues with Ray from many many years of uh, experience. But, you know, that, that's just the kind of stuff that if you rub that out of the game, 
it's just rubbing all character and uh, interest out of the game. Yeah, I actually didn't mind uh, Razor Ray this weekend, maybe because he wasn't uh, <laughs> murdering us. Uh, I did give us. He did give Brayshaw one ripper of a free from about forty-five meters out, diagonally across the ground, through about eight players, <laughs> and then later when we had that big run and I think we'd kicked the three in a row, the very next centre bounce right in front of one of the umpires, Brayshaw just got absolutely murdered because they obviously went, there's no other way we're going to stop this. And it's play on. No worries. <laughs> Bizarre because the other one, he must have X-ray vision to have seen whatever happened. Yeah, he loves, uh, loves calling a free um, when he's not the main umpire, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, he's born for the four-man the four umpire. <laughs> they should just have him in a, in a little uh, hovercraft above, hovering above the field. Uh, and he doesn't the, stop the talking. Bar. It's like he's a commentator. Um, he, you know, just shut up. <laughs> the flying video referee in the future. Well, that, you know what, with the rate that these um, mongrels at the AFL are wanting to change rules, uh, it's probably not far off. We're just yeah, waiting on the technology. Any, anything could happen. They won't even wait for the new technology. Have you seen the goal review system recently? Why, why bother waiting for the technology to be right? Well, I find there's a lot of umpire, goal umpires that are, are very quick to go to the... Um, go to the umpire, you know, the third umpire or whatever it's called. Um, uh, is Do you think that's a directive uh, that, you know, they're told that um, really, you know, I don't know, they're, they're, it just seems like there's no, um, you know, they're, they're, they're told to sort of uh, go for it. Uh, I don't know. I think everyone's just scared of being the guy that uh, makes a bold call and, and gets exposed as being wrong. It's a lot like the, the cricket. Uh, even before they started reviewing absolutely everything by the looks of it. Yeah, runouts. Has anyone actually called a, a close runout in the last 10 years? It's every time it goes to the video. And then even when they show the video, the guy's about you know, two <laughs> metres out, but they've called it just to make sure. So, yeah. I mean, look, it's a controversial viewpoint, but I don't like video reviews in pretty much anything, unless you can have something like Hawkeye on, in the tennis that's very clear. Um, I'd be prepared to wear the odd clanger um, here and there and, and the old, oh, you can't decide a grand final on that. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? The the video referee didn't exactly help the A-League grand final when it broke down at the, the wrong time. <laughs> so it can happen the other way as well. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that the technology's there, that's why they're using it. So they've got the backup system. So the uh, the first instinct is to think, yeah, I'll review it rather than, Put my, uh, you know, put my ass on the line. Seems to be the way. Um, uh, Jay Kennedy Harris. Um, you know, we before the game last week, we were sort of saying, you know, it's probably his last uh, roll of the dice. Um, look, I was very impressed with his tackling. Uh, I think he had eight tackles, so that was good. But I, I, at times, I thought he was a little bit. Uh, lost out there in terms of um, sort of impact on the game. Uh, how do you boys see uh, Jay's performance? Uh, Adam? Oh, I was going to say that, uh, look, I thought the pressure was good. I would agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, disposals. Look, there was a couple of decent ones. There was one, I can't remember what it was. It was to the, the left of screen, as they say. It was a, a really good kick into the forward 50. Uh, again, I, I just... Don't fancy it to uh, continue against the good teams, but 
I think he did enough to earn to earn another go this week, and we'll see how he goes against a far more accomplished team. Uh, but yeah, not a terrible performance, but uh, yeah, didn't didn't excite me for his future. And what about our other little brigade? Uh, we've got quite a few uh, small forwards uh, running around. We've got Spargo, Garlett. Uh, how'd you see there? Spargo. Also, uh, look, I thought Spargo was a little bit stiff in terms of not getting the, um, uh, what's that? It's not the Norwich Rising Star, the NAB Rising Star uh, now. Um, had seven tackles, kicked two goals, you know, 14 possessions. Um, you know, he's got to be He's just close. unassuming the way he goes about it, doesn't it? He's just sort of no fuss, no nonsense, uh, not very flashy, but just does all the basics really well. Um, yeah. Good game from Spidey. Is it because he looks like game. he's about 35? <laughs> <laughs> the judges are getting confused. Um, I thought he was really good as well. And I thought Garlett, look, he kicked two goals. Yep. That He's done his job yeah, exactly. right there. Yeah. And, and I think yep. that's the difference with totally different players, totally different scenarios. But you take Wiedemann in the St Kilda game, only had 10 touches, 11 touches, whatever it was. Had two chances on goal, missed them both. Whereas Garlett, you know, had the, the limited touches. He didn't have a massive amount. But he had two good chances on goal. He kicked the two goals um, and definitely helps with the, the forward pressure that we need, as in looking at that St Kilda game again, where they were just smashing the ball out at warp speed without anyone getting in their way. Um, so, I, look, I think he's entrenched himself in the team again now. And so Hannon as well. Hannon was the uh, replacement player for um, Viney. Um, and we'll talk about Viney's injury in a minute. Um, and I might talk about this now. What did you think of Hannon coming in over, say, Tyson, who would you would think would be a direct uh, uh, swap for um, a midfielder like Viney being out, but instead the club's gone for Hannon? Um, what do you think uh, about uh, Tyson not getting uh, the gig? What, what does that say? Great finding. Mm. Ta- tackle well, <laughs> yeah, uh, you'd be you'd be wondering, wouldn't you, if you were Dom Tyson, um, rather than mid for mid, they've gone mid for sort of half forward. Uh, so yeah, where does that leave him in the pecking order, and uh, in terms of you know how the footy department sees him? Big question marks now, and uh, I guess you know they'll see what happens at selection this week, whether he gets another crack, but uh, definitely on the outer at the minute. I was a bit worried when I saw that change, but I think in the end, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue the, the midfield, certainly, especially in the second half. Um, although, to be fair, around the ground, they did get um, pretty handily beaten in the clearances. So there's probably an argument for, um, for for throwing Tyson in there, unless we think we can pull off the same, uh, you know, amazing connection between the mids this week. Um, probably an argument for Tyson to get in there around the ball. Look, I, again, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, I've got nothing personal against Tyson. I think he's a okay player, um, but I think he's more more midfield depth now than anything. I, th- I think the other thing, we'll discuss changes a bit later, but um, uh, Cardinia Park's very narrow, and I don't know whether he can have such a full forward line there. So, I don't, you know, Hannon can sometimes get in the way of... Uh, Hogan and McDonald. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it goes at selection. Yeah, it's much, much. Na- I think it's the most, the narrowest uh, ground, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I just hate it when you, there's like you know there's fifty 
50 people in the forward line and there's no room for any of the magicians that are down there to do their work. They're all getting each other's way. Um, so, you know, Maxi, we've got to talk about, uh, he's leading the uh, Co- AFL Coaches Awards. He got another perfect uh, perfect 10 uh, from the coaches. He's now three clear, I think, in that award. Uh do you think he's a genuine Brownlow chance or a, a midfielder's got that uh, sewn up? Super? Oh, I think he's the fact that he floats through the forward line and especially the back line um, will count in his favour. Uh, I think that makes him more visible to the umpires than just your, your traditional tap ruckman. Um, also gets a lot of possession around the ground, like loose balls and, and stuff like that. So, look, I think the obviously hist- the historical record says no. Um, it says we'll all go into that night thinking he's a chance and he'll get about nine votes. Um, but I think there are factors in his favour that possibly haven't been in the favour of some of the other Ruckman that have been talked up over the years. Uh, he's practically our best mark in defence. Yes. When, when yep. We almost need one of him in each of the... We, we need him in the Ruck, and then at times, especially when T-Mac wasn't there, we could have done with him forward as a target, and we could have done with one of him in the back line to take marks as well. So I think that really helps his case. So by my count, we need three Max Gorns, at least two Clarys, uh, two Jessies. Um, I'll have two Tom McDonalds, even though he did uh, <laughs> fail to cover himself in glory in a brief return to the back line in the first quarter last week. <laughs> oh, look, took, him, took him how long to, uh, to put a teammate under pressure? <laughs> look, he, he's... he's um, He's doing uh, more than an adequate job in, in the forward line to, to forgive yeah. uh, any of those indiscretions uh, d- down back. So um, happy where he is. Um, uh, Lewis and Vince, uh, we've talked about it a lot. Can they both play in the same team? Um, I don't know. Do we, do we need to bring this discussion up again? Um, this week will be telling. Yeah. Last week, I don't think, again, I think the Bulldogs were okay. It's just that they didn't have a crack at a kick to in their forward line. It would be interesting to see if you gave them some decent forwards, what that game would look like. Um, I think this week's going to be very telling. Um, and I don't, I've said before, I don't think you can play both of them. Um, but we're going to play both of them this week and yeah, uh, sure. we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the game coming up a bit later, but uh, the fact that we were getting smashed in the clearances around the ground, um, not not so much in the middle of the ground, does that worry you coming up against, um, uh, you know, a Geelong team that, that's got Selwood, uh, Dangerfield, Ablett? Um, you know, we could very well get smashed in those clearances around the ground. You've got some quality, quality players. Um, and then... You know they've got um, they've got the forwards that they can kick it to, so and they've got they can kick the goals themselves. Yes, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk about that a bit later on. Uh, any any other players uh, that we haven't mentioned that you want to bring up? Uh, Fritch. I love Fritch. Mm. Who it, it may, we may end up winning Jack Watts versus Nick Nat um, via <laughs> an alternative indeed. method. <laughs> Much, much like uh, Cameron Pedersen has eventually won us the uh, Jordan Gisbert's Brock McLean pick eleven trade, uh, eventually via Gisbert's being swapped for Pedersen. <laughs> yeah. I, li- I like your roundabout uh, way of thinking, but uh, 
<laughs> certainly. Uh, I think without a Jack Watts bashing, um, I'm much happier with Bailey Fritch in the team than I... I've, I've had more satisfaction of Bailey Fritch this year than I got in the however many years Jack Watts was in the team. Yeah. His, his skills are next level. Um, uh, he's a, just a, a lovely user of the footy, uh, hand or foot, makes the right decisions and executes perfectly. And I just continue to be amazed by the fact that, again, dedicated Casey watchers can tell me otherwise, but wasn't he just a forward at Casey? Yep. And we've drafted him because he was a forward at Casey, played him in the forward line exclusively for you know, eight, nine weeks, and then all well, of a he sudden... Succeeded. He succeeded. He's gone back to another job, and he's done a perfect job. Then the St Kilda game, he went forward and kicked four goals. Um, so I, that it's been an absolute smash hit. Um, you know, I, I was I wanted Watts to stay just because I, I sort of had that fantasy that he would Eventually. come <laughs> super good and stuff the you know his arm down the throat of his critics. But it's it's hard to deny now uh, that we seem to have come out uh, well ahead on that trade. I mean, Fritch has played in every position. You know, he's played forward, back, uh, and on the wing, and he's uh, done and won it all so far. Uh, yeah, that he has. And, um, I mean, this week he kicked two behind, so he, you know, had he, had he been kicking a, a little bit straighter, he would have, uh, you know, been a uh, sort of utility that's uh, kicked two goals in a game. Uh, I mean, he wasn't sort of playing forward uh, when he did that, so... Um, you know, just all round. Just an option. Yeah. It, it's, it's someone who can kick a goal while they're doing another job, which is so important. And you compare him to a Hunt, and this is not a fair comparison, but it's unlikely that Hunt's going to get forward and kick a goal, whereas Fritch probably is a little bit further up the field, just a slight bit further up the field, but he's more likely to get forward and kick goals as well. Um, so, yeah, big, big hit, big tick for me. As we said last week, easily the best young player. I'm not sure what the what the criteria is for that because it's uh, pretty much just best first year player with a with a new jumper on um but i would have thought he would be an absolute certainty for that um if you want to join us in the conversation tonight i should have said this a little bit earlier but you can give us a call on zero three nine zero one six three triple six that's zero three nine zero one six three triple six well, Skype us, Demonland31. Got uh, currently 100, over 100 live listeners. So uh, you can also join us in the uh, chat room we've got going on Demonland at uh, demonland.com slash podcast. Um, ask us a question that way or make a comment. And if it's uh, something we want to read out, we'll read out. Um, there was a bit of criticism on Demonland this week of uh, Nathan Jones. Now, just looking at this, you know, I, I thought he was a bit quiet. Uh, didn't have such an impact, but guys still racked up 19 possessions um you know i, I look I, I think some of the criticism's been a bit harsh you can't uh star every single week um and as we said last week the, you know the amount of years he spent carrying the team on his shoulders um yeah i don't think uh you, it's time to sort of throw throw uh, the baby out with the bathwater. It happens every time he has a quiet game, though. Someone jumps on Demon Land and absolutely pans him. You know, there's people on there who say we should. He's still a remnant from the the scarred Aaron. We should get rid of him. Um, but you, you see, every time he has a quiet game, someone jumps on and pans him. 
And he's been, I think he's, he was definitely quiet on the weekend, and he, I think he was quiet the week before, but fair income. Give the man a break. Yeah, and, and there's quiet a, versus a, a pretty good season. Yeah, you can be quiet and you can just do your job in the background and not star, or you can get 35 touches and have 20 of them go straight to the opposition. So I don't, and, and that would be the case of if you did have 35 touches and 20 of them were clangers, people would be putting you in the vote just because they see the see the top line of the stats. Mm. So just because mm. he's not dominating, and especially in this case, good luck getting in front of Oliver and Brayshaw. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's not playing his role. And especially with Viney out as well, you know, my, my view has always been you don't need a title to be a leader, so other people should be stepping up. Uh, but certainly in the absence of Viney, I think it's really important um, you know, to have him out there and just to have him as a cog in the wheel and an option because I'll tell you that Geelong will have will be putting a lot of work into, especially Brayshaw. Yep. Um, Oliver is almost unstoppable at the moment um but geelong will be putting massive work into brayshaw this week and where max's taps are going to go so we need to have those alternative options there yeah yeah absolutely um i thought melksham had a, a nice uh, sort of return to you know, welcome return to form um thought he'd been a bit quiet for a, a number of weeks but uh yeah he sort of uh, had quite a nice game so i was uh, wrapped with his performance I've got a question for you guys and, and the chat room listeners. Melksham, I think Melksham is when he gets the, the ball in his hands, does really good stuff almost every time. It just seems some weeks he just doesn't get the ball enough. So is it that we need to play through him more or that he needs to do more for us to play through him? Because I think he's actually a, the most underrated key to us doing anything this season. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but... He's not Gorn, he's not Oliver, he's not Hogan, but I think if he gets going, um, it will really help. And something I saw on Twitter where someone suggested that Garlet playing actually frees him up a bit more. Um, yeah, that's a good call. But I, but I think when he gets the ball in hand, he usually does really good stuff. So we just need to get the ball in his hand more. Yeah, well, I think he needs to be up the ground a bit more. He could sometimes end up a bit deep, but I reckon yeah, if he's up around Garlet 50 or even a bit higher, then you can use his... You know, like Oliver on the weekend, he's a beautiful user of the footy, yep. and you want that type of kick going inside 50. Yeah, I think it was, it was either the Bulldogs or the Essendon game at Docklands where he ripped this 50-metre pass diagonally across the ground yep. to a player that would have been barely in his eyesight. It was an absolute corker, and that's what we need to, um, you know, we need to free up for a bit more. Um, but I think he can really help us do some damage uh, if we can play through him more. Chook in the chat room said that he thinks Melk's uh, been carrying a bit of an ankle that he did, which I think was in the last Bulldogs game, um, finally looking back to full fitness. And, uh, yeah, that could be it. What was the stat that um, Melksham had earlier in the year in terms of uh, inside 50s? One-on-ones. One-on-ones. Wasn't it? Yeah. And he's the greatest player in the history of AFLX. Yes. Which which really sits sits well for his future when they uh, you know have a a world seven style circuit <laughs> where you can make millions of dollars for going around playing AFLX. I like that. Um, yep, Melky was uh, he was good. Um, so, uh, in terms of all Australians at this stage, do, do you th- with the exception of uh, Maxi, obviously he's I've got a position sewn up in that. Do you think we've got any other genuine? All Australians who will get named this year. Um, 
I reckon uh, Jesse will get named in the squad, but whether he gets named in um, the final team, I don't know. We don't, maybe not, uh, just because they hate us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It'll depend on the back end. That sounds obvious at yeah. one level, but yeah. he's had a few quiet weeks. Start of the year was sensational, but if it was if it was this week, you're right. He would definitely be named and might. You know, just be right on the borderline. But I would have thought Clary. Yeah, Clary's got is firming as a well, he's had, firming as a certain starter. Not that this is any indication. Um, and some weeks I rip my hair out, but he's had a lot of, uh, of that AFL team of the week, which is Kane Corns uh, calling it. So, and Clayton hey, did. He said we'd win the flag, Kane Corns. He did. So. He did. Well, that's why I'm giving him a little bit of credit. <laughs> Actually, I should give him no credit for that call, but. Um, uh, he didn't put Clayton in this week, um, and I think Clayton mm. got the second highest coaches vote. So I was scratching my head with that one. I know that uh, you can't have every Melbourne player in there uh, when we have a decent game, but um, yeah, I think he went by. He put probably Bra- a line ball call between Brayshaw Oliver and Brayshaw, and he's yeah. just chosen one of them. I would have put uh, Oliver still on the bench, even. Uh, but he's had a number of those, so I think Clary's probably definitely going to get a nod. Um, Neville, um, he's been a bit quiet uh, in games this year. Neville always does, ne- you know, Neville stuff. Uh, but I think last year uh, he had a better year in terms of, um, you know, showing, uh, you know, all Australian sort of form. Even though he still does all the Neville things, you can always rely on him. But I don't think he'd be in the conversation this year. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, I reckon he's had more clangers in the last month than he did in about the three seasons previous. Um, he's usually, he was usually such a reliable user of the ball, and now he's just got had a few clangers uh, coming into the ball use. And look, I reckon just in general, um, apart from those couple of weeks when when Lever Fever broke out, our back line has been very disorganised this year, um, which I don't think helps him. Yeah, yeah. I reckon about a month ago he was in the conversation. Yeah, he started uh, hitting his straps, but he's been just yeah, quiet. Not but, even. Uh, the, not he's even. He's definitely from... made more. As, uh, as Super Mercado says, definitely made more clangers in the past month than uh, you know in the, in the uh, entirety of his career. So um, yeah, he'll come good. Not even like from a clanger perspective. I just think he's been a bit quieter. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, um, well, that's uh, all Australian uh, talk. Uh, anyone else? Uh, I don't think there's really... Mm, no, I mean, there's, there's no McDonald missed too much. Yeah. Um, so he'd probably get apologies. I don't think Hibbard... No. He, he's, been, he's been fine this year, but he hasn't been as good as he was last year. Yeah, yeah it's, hard, it's sort of hard to find. I reckon Melksham, for a little bit, he started slowly, and then he had those few really good weeks in the middle. Um, I reckon he'd be uh, – Melksham would be like McDonald. They'd be in your – not your 40. They'd be if there was a preliminary squad, yeah, a 60 or that, something. Yeah. They'd be worth a mention in that. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't really think there's going to be too much um, in the in the first team. Uh, did any of you boys uh, get to see Casey this week? Uh, I didn't, um, so I can't speak – on that, uh, were we on? No, you, not at all. We went on TV I, I, this week. No, or or on their uh, live YouTube thread. 
Um, the the only thing I've seen from that game is uh, Vandenberg's absolute <laughs> belter of a kick um, that went 900 metres. Uh, did you see that one, Super Mercado? Yes, that was uh, that was a Casey Field special. <laughs> I don't know if there was. I'm assuming there was a a gale force ten wind blowing to that end, and then if he'd tried to kick it the other way, it would have probably gone back over his head. <laughs> um, but it's great to see him um, really coming back into senior footy like he never left, um, just providing us another option for the back end of the season. Uh, do you does, think- does it have a name, the wind down at Casey? Is, it, is the gale called something in particular, like the Fremantle <sighs> Doctor? <laughs> I think it's like the, freezing, the freezing doctor. <laughs> I went down there for a VFL game once uh, and I just left at halftime because it was so cold. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was painfully cold. So. can be open to the elements, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, yeah, at least, uh, at least the opposition got a goal this week. Yes. Um, uh, any any players uh, in that, in our Casey pushing, you know, for senior selection this week? That, that you well, know? Weed Weed had a very good second half kick, by all kick accounts. Four. Kick four goals um, after being, I think, a bit quiet in the first half. So uh, whether that puts him back in contention, I don't know. To, to, you well, know, I, does, I, I, does Goodwin abandoned the three tall forward? Um, experiment for the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'd be going for for another tall option up forward uh, for this game, especially um, as we say on the narrow ground. Yeah, um, mm. I saw Tyson had Tyson was the top possession getter with twenty five, which almost seems like a quite a low top possession getter these days. Um, there weren't that many. I think there's only about three players that had over twenty possessions: uh, Pedersen and. One of the Wagners. Um, so it's the other it's Wagner, a, I think. It was cool. a very yep. odd odd stats line to not to see someone in the 30s um, in this day and age. Uh, Baker had 12. I'm pretty keen to see see him get a run at some point in the near future. But uh, as you say, maybe on a, a narrow ground is not the best place uh, for someone who's going to, uh, you know, job is to dash up and down the wings. Um, but I, I certainly think that, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him get a game towards the end of the year. If, obviously, depending on how the season's going, if we lock into a if we lock into a really good team that's in form, you don't want to mess with that. Um, but I, I think if he doesn't get a game end of this year, he'll probably get a game early next year. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, I wonder how far Vanders is off um, is off getting a game. Obviously needs to get the fitness up, but he's... He's had 20 disposals. He's kicked a massive goal, um, uh, eight tackles as well, which is good to see. Um, you'd think he wouldn't be too far off, uh, but obviously then would probably, as you say, uh, you know, if we've locked into a good winning team, it might be tough to get in. But those those sort of small forwards uh, uh, sort of rotating in and out, uh, sort of one form. So. Yeah, that's the other question with Vanders is where would he play largely? Are you thinking of him in a forward role or does he go into the middle? I think we talked this last week, didn't we, uh, Super? Yep. With, uh, you, they've been playing him in the middle. Um, I, I have always sort of seen him as a half forward Um and I don't know whether he's got the pace to go in the middle, but um, yep. haven't seen of enough of him since he's come back. I haven't yeah, seen it's been so long I've almost yeah. forgotten what he uh, what he can do. Uh, is is Harley Ballick? Is he injured at the moment? I'm not seeing his name on that list. Um, 
think he played. I'm not injured. No. no, I don't think he played last week. Someone did say on his thread that, and I don't know whether it was this week or uh, or when it was, that he was late to training. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Never a good sign. No. <laughs> which is uh, is a no-no, um, isn't it? So, Especially yeah. when I just, the club's the... taking a punt on him. Sorry? Especially when the club's taking a punt on him after yeah, that's right. whatever yeah. issues and coming back to Melbourne and all that kind of stuff. And, look, maybe he was stuck in traffic behind a semi-trailer. Who knows? But let's hope that's all it is. Yep. That's yeah, pretty I, big to miss a game. Yeah, I, um, I, not that I'm disappointed, but I thought that uh, we might have seen him uh, at some point during the year, but it seems like that's not going to happen this year, uh, barring some turnaround in uh, form or something. Um, oh, I think there's plenty of others ahead of him yeah. in the queue at the moment, yeah. so yeah. Yep. Um, so that's Casey. Uh, injuries. Um, uh how, on a scale of one to ten, how devastated were you when you heard about uh, uh, Jack Viney? Um, Twenty-two out of ten. <laughs> yeah. and well, I almost yeah turned around and got back on a train well, and kept did. kept going so. <laughs> to the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I live at the end of the line, so that wouldn't be such a bad thing. So um, then, then he had a the sort of story about it came out. Um, he had a press conference the other day. Um, seems like this has been a few weeks coming that he's had that pain or uncomfortable uh, feeling uh, in his toe um, and then went and got scans. But he mentioned that even, uh, I think, even before the Fremantle game, um, you know, he sort of had the pain. Should he have played then? Uh, did he not learn his lesson from last time? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much a case of mismanagement by either him or the club, but the real worry is that he's really only had a few weeks where it's been right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you know, he, he was only back for a few weeks and then he started experiencing pain again. So um, that's the big concern, isn't it? That it really hasn't been good for a very long, long time. And not to get into conspiracy corner, but uh, it, on the day it said he alerted our team that he was uh, having discomfort on Friday, and then when Jack did his media conference, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's been hurting for weeks." Yeah. So are, are we to read from that that he sort of just kept it to himself for a few weeks, um, rather than rather than bringing it up ASAP? That, that that's what it sounded like to me. Um, it sounded like he had felt the pain, but maybe he hadn't. Uh Maybe he hadn't said anything yet. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's kind of a care. I've just looked it up here. It says, Jack alerted our medical team to some discomfort he was experiencing in his toe later on Friday, which is kind of like a, a real, like, it's not our fault. <laughs> yeah. Just to let you know, it's not our fault. <laughs> we didn't know about it. Don't blame us if he plays through it and his foot falls off. Now, Carefully we, worded statement. Did did we talk last week about preemptive? preemptively uh, cutting off toes of the toes. Club. Yeah. A, there's an epidemic. <laughs> was that's that three. Be- that's three this year. Yeah, was that... Plus be- the great Sam Frost debacle from two or three years ago. So that was before the news of Viney, um, uh, his, his current uh, injury. Um, so maybe if they'd cut off his toe on Wednesday, he would have been... Well, right he already had it, though, <laughs> apparently. He's yes. had it for several weeks. So if he was listening in last week, maybe that's what uh, convinced him... <laughs> 
to, to put his hand up and, and admit it to the club. So but it's, it's, it's certainly an odd epidemic to have three, three toe victims in one season. Uh, yeah, uh, but Grey Viney might want to uh, gra- grab a glass of water there. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> might want to grab a, a glass of water. I'm yeah, just there. trying to, yes. <laughs> I think I'm right now. Uh, you're right. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, injury list, uh, still, still, we're still pretty healthy um, uh, in comparison to some other teams that have sort of a a whole raft of uh, players and uh, injuries. Um, I've just a lot of, lot of big name injuries the, the past few weeks, haven't there? See Sicily tonight's out for the rest of the season for Hawthorne. Yeah, Nick Nat, Nick Nat and Jack. So yeah, some big names. So um, uh, I've just noticed on our injury list it has been updated now. Uh, Dion Johnston is also on there now. He's got a quad bit of test. Uh, Joel Smith, did he play in the twos this week, or was he out with the the hip that he? I think he yeah, I don't out. think I don't think he did. Yeah. So we've still got uh, Billy out and Jack. So, um, but uh, no no new injuries from from the weekend of players in the team. So uh, changes this week. Uh, what do you think, boys? Uh, any force changes in terms of form? Um, Going through the Casey list, uh, I don't know. Unless yeah, I think from the from the Casey side, look, the the only just from the stats, and you got to take them with a grain of salt. Um, Tyson looked like the only one that really dominated. Um, Pedersen had a lot of touches, but they're playing him as a backman. We've got no no need for him to do that at the moment. Uh, so I, I would probably have Tyson in for Hannon. I just just because I'm nervy and just can't see us pulling off the same spectacular rampages last week. Um, so I'd just like to have another option in there and have someone around the grounds to, to crash in. Um, I am wary of a two-week delayed post-Darwin effect. Um, well, we'll talk about the Darwin effect because it didn't seem to, to, to worry us. Um, I was a little worried in the first half and I thought we're going to drop off in the second half due to Darwin. Uh, Obviously, given our third quarter, uh, that didn't. And even though in the fourth quarter we didn't play like the third, we still sort of had control and didn't look like we dropped off. Um, And you have a look at the Fremantle game against Port. They sort of looked looked all right and played out the game well. So is the Darwin effect uh, null and void or is it just an anomaly? Yeah, well, the Perth game, the Fremantle game was a bit of a slog over there. In the first half, uh, yeah. In the wet, so yeah. yeah. So, they basically had to double up. Right. Um, I think. I think the fact is, it's hard to tell because all the years we were crap, we came back and played crap. Uh, apart from probably 2011, which uh, two. Go- I, I need. I remind you that two games after Darwin, we played at Cadinia Park, and we nice. all know what happened uh, <laughs> happened on that day. Uh, but apart from that year, all the years we've been crap, we've played badly after Darwin. Three years now, we've been at least mid-table. We've, we've won twice, and we've lost once to the grand finalist. So, whether it is, um, yeah, whether it is real or not, um, it certainly comes out as a crap standard of game. Um, but on the same same front, I think as we said last week, we pocketed one point two million dollars and won by one hundred and fifty points. So, overall, so it's hard to argue with Darwin and the Northern Territory this year. 
Yeah, it's it's been a win uh, this year. Um, do you have this? Might be stretching your stats um, a little bit, but how have um, general gen, generally how have other teams gone? Uh, the teams we've played in Darwin, how have they gone in the in the following weeks? No uh, idea, no interest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no interest in other teams, but I can tell you since since twenty ten, we we're one before this week. We were one seven. Uh, the week after returning from Darwin and two and six the week after. But like I said, most of those years we were, you know, usually one and seven over any particular stretch of eight weeks if we were lucky. So I'm not sure we can really draw any conclusions to it. Um, but, yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, two weeks after Darwin 2011, we went off to Kandinia Park and uh, it all went horribly wrong. So if we get thumped here, I'm bringing up the, the delayed onset theory again. And we are going back to Cardinia Park. So, um, is there any chance we can um, we can do a reverse one eight six to uh, oh. to them? <laughs> those those going would not get out alive <laughs> if that happened. They they would be yeah they'd be dead at half time. I'd say. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Um, yeah, <laughs> what well, a way I, to go! One hundred and ten points in front at halftime. Because I, I I've said it on the podcast before. I've got uh, I got three nephews uh, all Geelong, and we have a um, we've got a bet this year. Um, oh, oh, I've just kept uh, Grapeviney back on uh, the Skype. Uh, Grapeviney, you there? Yes, I'm back. Yeah, for some reason Skype uh, has a new uh, interface and. Uh, it's taken away all the settings, which include the uh, sounds that I had disab- previously disabled, uh, have all come back on. Um, More unnecessary changes than the AFL rulebook. It's it's even worse because <laughs> since Mic- I think Microsoft, uh, since they took over Skype, uh, Microsoft are just as bad as the AFL. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've At least got a, it's their product to ruin. That's right. Yes. Not ruining a product that they inherited anyway. <laughs> so I've got three nephews. We've got a bet this year, uh, and I I made a bet at the beginning of the year that we would finish higher than higher than them on the ladder at the end of the home and away season. And the result of that bet means whoever finishes higher, if I lose, I have to wear at the next family dinner that we have. I have to wear a Geelong jumper. Um, in turn, uh, if we finish higher, they, these three boys and their father have to wear a Melbourne jumper. <laughs> what if, if you do, and we hope you don't, what Geelong player will you be portraying? Brent Gergich? Tom Gillies? <laughs> Clint Bizzle? Um, what's his name? Who, who's the, uh, the fella? Shannon Burns. Jared Burns, Burns. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm hoping, uh, and and we'll talk about the ladder predictor at the end. Um, I, I I was very happy. Put it this way, I was very happy that Adelaide won this way this way because, uh, and I'm spewing that we lost uh, after they lost to the Bulldogs. I'm spewing that we uh, didn't knock off the Saints because that would have now we would have had a two game buffer um, going into the game against them. Um, so I think everything went in our favour this week except except GWS winning, which will probably ultimately be the one that costs us the most. So uh, I was fuming with that last uh, centre clearance for Richmond where they just basically conceded defeat. Yeah. So uh, that might come back to haunt us, I think. Uh, the, the games all turned out well, and I think, um, Great Viney, you called it a few weeks ago when you sort of said, you know, uh, there'll be upsets and other games and... Gee, there's been a few upsets. Um, 
Uh, for and Brisbane, Brisbane might cause a few more on the way uh, home. I'm uh, re- they seem to be hitting a bit of form at the moment. Not only are they hitting form, but they're not lying. You know, some of those teams in the bottom, you know, half sort of lie down at the end of the, end of the year and um, you know barely put up a fight. And looks like mm. who, who have they got? Uh, well, I've got, I've got it here. They've got you like this. The next four weeks: Adelaide, Geelong, North Melbourne, Collingwood. <laughs> so that's our season do, right there. If they could do a bit of damage, the la- and then West Coast and Gold or Gold Coast and West Coast in the last two, so they're irrelevant. Where are uh, they? Where in are the, the next four weeks? If they could knock off a couple of those, that'd be nice. Where are they playing Adelaide? Uh, in Brisbane. Okay, all right, that's nice. So they're a chance. That, that would be a good then, one because that would sort of put. Uh, that's Adelaide this week. Yep, and then they've got North in at home as well. Okay, all right. That would be a use, very useful one for us too. Yeah. You know, if they knock off Adelaide this week, that almost puts Adelaide um, out for good, yep. which then impacts the way they come into the game against us the following week. So yeah, there's all those knock-on effects you, you know what, with you, momentum and confidence and things like that. You, you say that, but I, I said the same thing about Collingwood in round 23. <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't, uh, that didn't work out well for well, us. Well, let's hope there's a tackle laid in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, before, and to be fair, sorry on that game. To be know. fair, Collingwood did enter that game with a uh, yeah laissez fair attitude. They did pick a first gamer who I don't think's ever played another game since. <laughs> uh, it's unfortunately it was it was it was us, not them, uh, in that case. So big lessons to be learnt this year. And the, the another lesson is you can't we. I don't think we can rely on other teams winning because exactly. uh, remember what what Adelaide did to us in the in the last round last year when they yeah. laid da- when they lay down in round twenty three. And like I think we've discussed a couple of weeks ago, the last round there's no favours in the last round apart from Sydney versus Hawthorne. You've got Adelaide plays Carlton, Geelong plays Gold Coast, uh, North Melbourne plays St Kilda, and Collingwood plays Fremantle in Perth, um, and Port Adelaide plays Essendon. Port you know, Port could be dragged down into the mire, but I can't see it happening. Uh, but we're not getting any favours out of that collection except for Sydney Hawthorne. I've had a look at the run home. Port actually have a very difficult yep, run home. Yeah, could easily drop right out. I think they've just got enough in the bank um, that will save them. But, yes, correct. Um, but from our perspective, I think them beating, I'm quite happy for them to beat GWS this week. Uh, and they can solidify their position at GWS's expense. Yeah. Yeah. I think GWS are shaping up to be, along with West Coast, our hardest opponents in the run home. So, and that's our two um, last I, I think and I want, you want everything to be squared away before round 23 um, because yeah. uh, Cameron will be back by then and they could be really hitting their straps. Yeah. look like they're getting that way at the moment. And look, I, I don't see any way that we can lock it in before round 23 unless we pretty much win everything until then uh, but again strange things strange things can happen you've got that north melbourne west coast game in hobart that's going to be so pivotal um yeah. if north well, i think that, we can win the next four we're in I trouble think we will win north. the next four you, uh, you're uh, you're very very confident grapeviney uh, i i sometimes wonder to your uh, sanity <laughs> when i, well, I think confidence. we're going to start hitting our straps we really well. We've got look. There's no doubt about it. Now uh, we haven't taken a scalp 
this year. Um, correct? Um, I don't think you yep. can call Adelaide when at the form they were in a scalp. Um, and we're going to need to take at least two, including beating um, the Suns. We need to win three, you would think, yeah, to I'll, lock it away. I'll, yeah, I would say three plus the Suns. Oh, to th- make absolutely certain. Three of it. including the Suns or three? No, three and the Suns. I think we need four. You think we need 14 wins to get in and our percentage? Sorry, that's th- no, that's 13. I've, I've, stuffed my, uh, I've stuffed my maths there. So three, sorry. Yes. So, uh, so we need to beat two of Adelaide, Geelong, West Coast, got GWS. Sydney. Sydney to be absolutely – well, not even to be absolutely sure. Because I'm, I'm, GWS could finish 13 wins in a draw. And finish eighth, depending on how things go, um, which is probably unlikely. Uh, but it's a, it's definitely a live possibility um, at the yep. moment. I think when you when you get those ladders where there's a couple of teams at the bottom who lose every week, <laughs> and the top isn't someone who's going to be you know twenty and two or something like that, um, it does bunch up the middle the middle a lot. Um, I, I did the maths this week to see teams that missed the eight on 12 wins. Uh, and not surprisingly for cliche fans out there everywhere, the only team previously to do it twice was Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least that was about five years apart. Not twice in a row. Well, I'm trying. Yeah. And if we miss, we'll, have, we'll miss with the largest percentage in VFL, AFL yeah. history. But it's funny watching the Richmond GWS game on the weekend – because uh, it looked like it could have been a draw at one stage, and that's what I was hoping for, because then it would have e- evened up GWS's point situation and taken a, taken away that uh, yep. that would potential two-point advantage. Um, I'm trying to open up the ladder predictor on the AFL site because I, d- did a, I was playing around with it uh, sort of during this round, so I can't, when I was doing it, I can't remember how many games had been already been played. It was after our win. But there was a scenario where after the next two rounds, if we lost the next two, um, we could have been 10th on the ladder. Remarkable. Yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that because you've got, you got Adelaide around the mark. You've got Hawthorne, GWS. Effectively, you've got six teams playing for the last three spots. Um, in the competi- in the top eight, um, so I think there's every possible chance. Doesn't ma- doesn't mean we're going to finish ninth if we miss. Could be tenth. In extreme circumstances, if we lose to Adelaide, could even be eleventh. <laughs> mm. And so, yet, if we win on Saturday night, by the end of the round, we could be in fourth. Yep. Oh, if we win Saturday night, it's on. Oh, uh, I'll have know, a free, lot- free your September up. Yeah, I'd have a lot more confidence if if we can win on the weekend. Yeah, um, but that, at the moment, that will get that will get them going. That'll throw the the mini monkey off the back. Um, that they can take a scalp, uh, especially in hostile territory, um, and it will most certainly be on after that. Yeah, I'd love to know who made this uh, draw for us because uh, uh, it's definitely a, a tough run, tough run home. Uh, yeah. And I must say, I've been thinking this the, yeah the whole time ever since the draw came out. I think the things you look at on the draw are the first game and the last game. And then when I sort of worked the way back from the last game, I was like, oh, that's a hard last game. And it was like, Jesus Christ, we're going to have to be in a, a very strong position uh, when it comes to the last few weeks of the season if we're going to make the eight. Uh, and I, look, I think we're pretty much where I expected us to be. Um, I Probably you could throw in 
the St Kilda the St Kilda win, and but potentially from the start of the season, subtract the Adelaide win. Um, so we could yeah. we probably are in about the same place. I thought we'd be at the start of the season. Um, and look, I, I I had a seventh um, on the ladder, but in a tight bracket from about six to ten. Yeah, the good thing is that with the tough draw at the end, it effectively means if we're going to play finals, we're going to come into finals in pretty good form. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be any of this, you know, late 80s, early 90s limping in at the last minute um, <clears throat> uh, in, in the final round. So, uh, yeah, if we're good enough, we'll get there and um, hopefully being good, Nick, when it happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. We're, we're going to get in earning it, which uh, this is in no way to say that we're going to be a premiership team, but if you look at a Bulldogs 2016... That's where you want to be. You want to be coming in. I know they lost a slop fest last round game against Freo before that, but they got it. They were in that form that they could carry yep. on as opposed to like North a couple of years ago who were going down at a million miles an hour and yeah, just fell into the eight. Um, I think if you could guarantee me a spot in there, I'd rather the, the coming in on a rolling start rather than the just scraping in. Yep. I've just redone my uh, next two weeks uh, predictions, but I've I've given us the loss in both games, and uh, puts us in uh, ninth position if we do lose the next two, and uh, other results don't go our way. So. Yeah, well, my my as you know, my ladder predictors are always extremely conservative, uh, and I've got us losing the next two, but beating GWS. So effectively, say. Even you say one and one, and then we lose the last game, and I've got us 10th on 12 wins. Um, a game and a half behind GWS in eighth. And then on the other end of the spectrum, Grapevine has got us finishing uh, third. Second, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the better way to be, I think. That's the, the better way to live your life. Uh, well, these next two weeks are definitely going to be a uh, uh, sort of guide... Uh, it will certainly be a guide of where, where we're at and um, if we do lose them it's going to be very hard to, to get back on the horse um, I, I, we're not even factoring in a, a surprise loss to Gold Coast but <laughs> even I can't even I can't contemplate that but deep down I know that it's uh, it's a live chance well just think back to was it two or three years ago now um, on that Sunday afternoon when it required Jack Watts to kick kick the winner and then stop them kicking a sealer yes. Um, yes. Uh, at the death and in what was burn. probably one of the worst spectacles of football um, ever to take place at the G. There was, there was two great things about that game. One was Tom Lynch missing after Bernie Vince kicked it out on the full, but yeah. two was the Gold Coast guy who had a flying shot from 50 metres out and the ball rolled left out of bounds and they paid deliberate against him. <laughs> uh, and then we still managed to cock up the free kick and give them a goal. Yeah. Oh, we That's always do that. Very memorable moment from that day. Um, but you, yeah, look at that season where with two games to go, we were highly unlikely to get in. But we at least needed to beat rock bottom Carlton to get into the last round as a million to one shot and uh, shit the bed, quite frankly, yeah. in that game. So That's why I... I, I know that the side is a lot better than they used to be, um, but still, that Gold Coast game, I'm factoring in as a, in as a win, but uh, <laughs> gee whiz, if, if, it all, if it all sort of rests on that, uh, I'll be very nervous. 
uh, if you want to join us in the last uh, last leg of this show, uh, 03 90163 that's 03 or Skype us on Demonland31. Uh, perhaps you can give us your ladder predictor, who you think will win against. Um, guys, uh, there's a few milestones coming up uh, this weekend. Jake Melksham plays his 150th game. Um, Angus Brayshaw plays his 50th game. And Nathan Jones his 100th uh, game as captain. Um, I believe it's fifth in the club's history. Uh, yep, that's pretty good. Yeah. And Melksham would obviously be on 172 games if uh, Essendon hadn't <laughs> stitched him up. <laughs> That's correct. Um, Just goes to show with Gus, though, doesn't it, that uh, he's playing some super footy and he hasn't even hit 50 yet. Yeah. And don't forget he's missed missed a lot of uh, football as well, um, mm. uh, uh, you know, with these concussion issues. So, um, yeah, it's great to see him uh, back in. It's like having a, a new recruit almost. And you don't notice, I mean, you, you notice the helmet, but you wouldn't know that he's had this issue with concussion and had to basically change the way he approached his footy, would you? I mean, he's, you know, he's hard as a, hard as nails. Oh, absolutely. And, and came in, came out of a troubled sort of off-season start of the year. Um, yep. You know, his, his mystery wisdom teeth complaint, which was yep. just a classic Melbourne novelty injury, um, and then starting the season in the twos. So it's not like he, he you know, stormed the, the pre-season and we all thought, you know, this is going to be massive. There were still questions about him. Uh, yep. And he's, and his, his he's habits. absolutely yep. come come good. That's, that, that he has. Um, uh, Supermercado, you want to uh, plug uh, your various uh, stuff? Most certainly. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at DemonBlog, uh, on the, the blog at DemonBlog.com and, of course, DemonWiki.org. Uh, your home for irrelevant Melbourne Football Club <laughs> statistics um, and see what the uh, club's own historical articles are going to look like <laughs> yes. uh, well before they post them. There, there was another, there was a part two, was that also? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even see the part two, to be honest, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there would have been some of those uh, obscure stats that have uh, were previously ripped off for Demon Wiki <laughs> from somewhere. They would have uh, got, a, got another run. Um, but like I said last week, you know, it's not like it's it's not like it's original stuff that I've written, um, but I just think that it would be a, it would be good for the club to let people know that this the site is out there, um, given that it's not uh, there's nothing scandalous about it, unlike the blog where there's plenty of scandalous <laughs> stuff on it. I, I uh, was reading your blo- uh, blog this this week. Uh, it was a very detailed uh, description of the match. So, uh, guys. Uh, do have a read of uh, of that blog if you've got several hours yeah. to spare on a weekly basis. And what do you know? Talk about serendipity. I've just called up the Demon Wiki page to see who the random image of the day was, <laughs> and it's Brent Gregich. There you go. Of all people, of all the so, eight thousand odd photos that are on there. <laughs> yes, the great man. I'm going to go for a random image myself. I've got Tony Dullard looking. <laughs> um, Stoned off his brain on a Scanlon's <laughs> 1982 football card. They're the ones that the back of them formed a big picture altogether. The uh, right. that Scanlon series, didn't they? Cool. On the front, Tony looks like he's very intently trying to work out how the how the jigsaw goes because he's just <laughs> kind of like staring into middle distance. It's not the craziest 
Melbourne card I've seen, but uh, he certainly, yeah, he certainly looks uh, sedated. My my random image is a picture of the old red seats uh, in the Olympic stand. Uh, miss those days, uh, red seats. They were uh, yep. they were gr- great fun back in the day. I'm going to go for another random image because <laughs> last time we, oh, it's a pl- it's a playing card of. I've got to click through. I can half see them. Kevin Dyson, 1995, just about to uh, to get onto a a kick on the right foot with a Collingwood player trailing behind him and what looks like absolutely nobody in the background. <laughs> so I wonder, do we play? Do we play the Pies in a uh, practice game or something in '95 where they might have uh, grabbed that shot for his card? That was in the middle of my teenage misery. Uh, that was actually no. That was just before I entered my teenage misery phase and uh, <laughs> pulled the pin on footy. We did. We played a practice match against Collingwood, the last practice match of that season, a seventy-nine ninety loss at Waverley. Attendance unknown. <laughs> um, but Jeff Farmer was fined fifteen hundred dollars for using an insulting gesture towards an umpire. Well, well that's got to be the, that's got to be the bird. Uh, <laughs> But that's wouldn't that be an offensive gesture? What did they call it? An insulting gesture. Oh, okay. So, like you know, maybe it was like tapping the <laughs> tapping the head or something. Um, but fifteen hundred dollars back then—that's a bit bit rich. Fifteen hundred dollars in nineteen ninety-five—you could uh, almost buy a house for that. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you, uh, Super Regatta, you're uh, you're going to be travelling down the uh, the highway uh, to the game this week. Against my better judgment, yes, I will be. Um, I'm hoping that good things happen because, um, really, I, I looked up my uh, my record at Cadinia yeah, Park. Ask, what's your plus uh, minus? Uh... I think it was about minus four hundred and something. <laughs> so I've worked out. I went there for the 2005 and 15 wins, and I went there for losses in 99, 2002, 3, 4, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 16. So. It's uh yeah. Maybe we you should could. St- maybe you should stay home. <laughs> That's true, but I'm hoping for the spirit of spirit of 2005, 2015. I'm not sure if the spirit of 2006 and we like get a draw, uh, if that's going to help at all. No, we, we, it'll we certainly negate our percentage. Yes, it throws advantage. that out. So out I think we'd uh, yeah, look, it's it would be better than a loss, but at the yeah. same time, because it would put us back into the race against GWS. Uh, but yeah, I'll certainly take a win, and I must say, if it if it gets to that point where it draws on the cards, I'll probably have dropped dead uh, <laughs> out of tension anyway. Oh, well, it's been fun. Uh, anything else, uh, boys? Any uh, anything else you want to bring up uh, before we uh, close the the door on uh, another show? It's been nice knowing you. If I do <laughs> keel over and die at Cadinia <laughs> Park, spread my ashes on row MM of the Ponsford Stand, please. Well, um, we, the reason we were doing the show uh, uh, tonight rather than the usual uh, Wednesday uh, fair, uh, tomorrow night we've got a, we're the, th- the three of us uh, are participating in a player sponsor trivia night event. Um, hopefully we'll be uh, teamed up with, uh, with Maxi Gorn um, as, as I sponsor him. So, um, yeah, that, that could be... He'll be able to be cheat a, by saying, OK, Google... Oh, that's true. Let what, it sponsor product. What do you think of the Gorny Google ads? Uh, I rank them higher than Jack Watts for Energy Watch. 
look, okay, Google just set up my phone, set off my phone. Um, I rank it higher than Jack Watts for Energy Watch and probably higher than Mitch Clark for UltraTune as well. <laughs> as far as great MFC ads ads go, um, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with it. I was trying to think the other day, have there been any others? And I'm sure they would have. Like Jimmy Steins would have been in an ad at some point. Um, but from that, yeah, from that modern era, they were the couple I could think of. Yeah, I actually think he does a, a pretty good job. Um, just in general, uh, Gorney seems quite at home uh, in front of the camera. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's, he's got a media career. He'll, if they can shepherd the footy show through for another 10 years, he'll be hosting it. <laughs> but he'll be on, he'll be on something, I, I reckon, um, going forward. Um, yeah. Once his playing career is over, uh, he's a lock. Uh, the only issue I have with those Google ads is that if you notice the one where he says, I'm not going to say it again because I'll set my phone off, but he says, play <laughs> Max Gorn highlights. Yeah. And it shows him kicking one of the goals from the boundary against Essendon, but it's not the one where he goes and gives it to the peanut <laughs> in the crowd afterwards. Yeah. Like that is like he's been screwed by Google on that because we all know that the they were both fine goals, but the, the real winner was the one where he went and just laughed in that bloke's face. So just a bit of free feedback there if you're uh, the Google people putting your ads together. They could have tried to go for a bit more comedy with that and and instead of showing a highlight, uh, showing the one that he missed against Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> he might have refused to participate. He might have walked out of his own ad. Well, and then the one against Freo as well. Play it again, Sam. Or play it true. again, Google. It's funny. He's, he's a 50-50 prospect in front of goals because sometimes he'll just dob them. Uh, from quite far out, and other times he'll just uh, miss it. So he's he's got the Travis cloaks. Like the closer he is, the more mm. concerning it is. Yep. Um, I remember back to his first game where he yeah, basically missed square. one from the square. We uh, spoke uh, we spoke to him about that on this podcast uh, yep. last year. But uh, the good thing was, by the time that happened, we were already uh, you know well we'd already well won that game, so it could be treated as uh, treated as comedy rather than a complete debacle. I don't think he liked it when you brought that up, Andy. No, he actually. didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He seemed a bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. He didn't like seemed it. Seemed a bit put out by it. I couldn't tell um, whether it was just uh, Max being Max or whether he was yeah. actually annoyed at it. <laughs> but uh, no, Max, Max he's, he's Might a great come player. up in the, the trivia night. <laughs> How many points? Jack Watts, Jack Watts took a ripper of a mark on someone's back. Dean Bailey punched the roof of the box. And yeah. as he punched the roof of the box and all the water flew off, at first I thought he'd <laughs> smashed it because he just like he's, I saw his hand go to it on the screen, or maybe I was looking across. I don't know. I was somewhere deep in the Ponsford stand, and I thought, bloody hell, he smashed it. And then I realised it was water coming off the top of it. But gee, what a what a conclusion to the game that would have been. Coach punches hole in uh, in box. Now, what do you think? Um I'll just bring this up because I just saw it on on Demon Land. Um, you know, uh, Brent Harvey um, on radio the other day says we, Melbourne will lose uh, Jesse Hogan. Now he's he's used no facts, nothing. It's it's even barely an opinion of his. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was barely an opinion because it was one sentence, and he says, "I think you know, I don't know if it'll be this year, next year, or the year after that." So. <laughs> At some stage in the future, Jesse will go back home. I mean, fair income. The only facts that he used in that is the fact that he's that Jesse is from WA. <laughs> yeah, yep. But you can't trust 
an SEN ad or SEN like social media post that is anyone's opinion because I, I just feel like they must have a KPI. It is. It's for, for having something outrageous that's clickbait to get people through. It is. It just seems to happen. He's still made that. He's still made that comment, but yes, SEN are famous for that, and and I understand because I often take their, you know, their news things and put it on Demonland for the same reason to get, well, not necessarily to get yeah. clicks, but to get people discussing it. You know, more obviously, yeah, the more it, people, it that, people, more people, provocative things that will get people's hearts racing. That's right, and I like to put it on because it gets discussion on the site. The more people discussing, obviously more people looking at ads and blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. But, so I understand why they do that. From would a, you have put that one up? Because you yeah, didn't put this one up, but I, I, would you have put it up? I was going to, but I was so angry at it, <laughs> I actually didn't because, like, I just... I nearly, I nearly closed the thread down. It I, almost didn't. <laughs> almost didn't warrant a thread. No, and, no. Uh, no, it didn't warrant a thread at all. No, my theory is if something's in the media and they're discussing the D is good, bad, stupid, whatever, uh, put it up for discussion, whatever, and let, let people Fair sort enough. it out. Um, or just hang it on them for being... Yeah, or just baby. get up and call call them, put it up and use it so that people can call him a nuffy. Um, but, <laughs> but to posters out there, don't use the same wording as a headline. No, I changed that. That, that. Has our, that has our captain on the sidelines for a month so, and so, uh, would have uh, given people heart attacks about Jesse Hogan. Well, I, that's what I thought when I saw it. So I'll just uh, let the listeners who didn't know and hadn't seen it. So we had a thread up there about... Um, Jack Viney, and the thread title was Losing Jack Viney. So whoever's put up this article about Jesse, uh, well, it's not even really about Jesse, it's just some ex-footballer's opinion, um, has also used that same thing, Losing Jesse Hogan. So I immediately thought that Jesse's got an injury and he's out for the rest of the year. Um, So I quickly changed that to a more appropriate uh, thing. Um, Wise move. Yeah. so yeah, if you are creating threads, please don't, <laughs> please don't use a, a title that's completely misleading and likely to cause people to have heart attacks. Because um, I'm sure in some court that someone will I'll uh, get charged. For. But you could get a job at SEN. <laughs> yes, you definitely, so definitely do it for them instead. I, I'm just going to find the po- there was a post on Facebook on that Facebook. Um, uh, post that SEN uh, made, uh, someone wrote to, to their thing about um, uh, about Jesse leaving, said, agree, he'll move back uh, in his media career, uh, you know, that time when ex-players start talking shit to fill the airtime. <laughs> I thought that was a, a good one, so congratulations whoever <laughs> wrote that. Uh, yeah. That was a nice one. All right, boys, Any anything else? Um any other interesting demon information <laughs> that came up this week that I might have missed? No, we've got to focus on finals now. There's no mucking about with uh, funny business on the side. Just well, concentrate yeah. on the footy. A lot of people are talking about um, who we target at the end of the year. I, I, I gather it's too early for us on this podcast to talk about uh, stuff like that. Um, Yep. Now that Sloan's, well, I don't think we're ever going to go after Sloan. Uh, is Gaff still out there? Um, yep. 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 Um, well, I guess later in the year we'll talk about who we target. Uh, let's try and get into the finals first. I don't even like that <laughs> F word at the moment. <laughs> yes, let's try and win this week yeah, first. Yeah, let's take it one week at a time. 
All right, uh, boys, I think uh, we might uh, hang up the boots uh, there. Um, let me find this uh, theme music. Um, I will say before we go, um, if you're listening to this uh, via SoundCloud, uh, you can download or subscribe to the podcast on uh, iTunes. Uh, just go into iTunes and uh, put in Demonland Podcast. You'll find it, subscribe, and it'll be sitting there waiting for you uh, each Wednesday. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at, uh, at Demonland. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Demonland31. Uh, find us and subscribe to us on YouTube. It, uh, we put up uh, all the interviews that we do on this podcast up onto YouTube and or you can find them on demonland.com slash interviews. Um, all right, with that, um, go Demons, and we'll see you uh, next week. Thank you again. Go days.